News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Guys, our sponsor for today's show is Patriot Academy. PatriotAcademy.com. You have heard me talk about this organization, but um, this truly is, for many students, a life-altering event. Um, I cannot tell you how many 16, 17, 18, 20, 25-year-olds that have gone to this leadership program and come out with an entirely new direction for their life. You can go to patriotacademy.com to find out where they do these events, but essentially they take these students and they go through a week of being a legislator. They actually debate in the in the Texas House of Representatives, in the uh, Delaware House of Representatives, Idaho House of Representatives. It's an incredible experience. I have been involved with them. I believe in what they do. In fact, if you contact them and tell them that you heard about them through the Luke Macias show, I will contribute toward your uh, fee of actually attending. If you know a student that needs to go, that needs direction for their life, they're going to have an opportunity to learn about worldview, about free market economics, about the values that hold society together, and they're going to have an opportunity to be equipped to be a part of making the change that our community, our state, our nation need. So patriotacademy.com. We're grateful for their willingness to sponsor this podcast, and we also want to encourage each and every one of you to check them out. Please do so today. Welcome to episode 33 of the Luke Messiah Show. We have been thrown off our groove, uh, and we are giving you just an update today. So I'm going to be just giving you a quick update on news and events. A lot of things are happening going on here in Texas regarding politics and policy that we can get to uh, cover about 15 minutes of that. Last week, we had a back-to-back interview. We brought in Jeff Younger, who was uh, the person we interviewed on our first ever episode, and this is the gentleman in Dallas area who um, whose son is being transitioned to be a woman by his ex-wife without his permission, and he is fighting for the life of his son. So if you haven't listened to episode one, I'd really encourage you to go back and do that. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, it would be great just to get an update on Jeff's situation. Please stay attuned to that. Please engage on that issue and share it with your friends in Texas. Whenever I share this with people, and I know people who are very politically engaged, highly involved in policy and politics, who I tell this story to and they still have not Heard it even in the last couple weeks. So it's a reason I had Jeff on. It's a reason I continue to share his story because I think it's something that Texans have to know. Let's get right into what's going on. Guys, the biggest issue facing Texans today is the debate over whether the Second Amendment is a policy that will provide for more security, more prosperity, more freedom. Let's understand something. Evil exists in this world, and evil exists in this nation, and evil exists in this state. And what that means is that there will be evil people that will take firearms and use them against innocent people. And that existence should not cause lawmakers to then target law-abiding citizens and law-abiding gun owners with their policy solutions. We tend to be reactionary. And one of the unfortunate realities of society is that so many citizens are looking to politicians and policymakers to solve societal's 
society problems. I mean, just all societal ails uh, and any problems that society has. And so what we have is also a politician's natural inclination to say, what can I do to fix this? There must be something I can do. And one of the things I appreciate in uh, my political consulting company is that I tell people that I want to work with people who, when a problem comes up, will not ask themselves first, what can I do to fix this, but can first ask themselves, is the government the one that should even try to fix this, or will they likely make it worse? So with that in mind, I want to go into what's going on right now. You have had several mass shootings. These were terroristic attacks. These were individuals who were vile and evil people who desired to uh, enact violence on other people, and they had guns, and they were able to do that. What you have had following that is uh, is that the governor and lieutenant governor of Texas have come out with a string of proposals of gun policy that reflects uh, what the Obama administration also attempted to enact when it was in um, power and and it essentially is what they call closing uh, the loopholes on background checks and so essentially what you have is that the governor and the lieutenant governor have come out uh, stating that we must regulate uh, citizen to citizen private purchases of firearms and we should mandate that those be done through the government through a background check creating a quasi-gun registry as a result as well. Um, And this is a major problem. And so you have had a couple of conservative lawmakers in Texas come out very staunchly in opposition to these proposals of their Republican elected leaders. Uh, Matt Schaefer is one of the leading voices on this issue, to be honest. And if you haven't followed Matt on Twitter, I'd really just encourage you all to. It's at Rep Matt Schaefer. But he has just been staunchly in opposition to this issue issue um, and has been coming out very clearly. Uh, Matt just tweeted on September 6th, surveillance of Texan to Texan private firearm transfers is a failed idea. It doesn't work in Chicago and it won't make us safer here. It will infringe on our rights to self-defense. Mays Middleton, uh, who is also um, a staunch conservative uh, legislator and somebody who uh, has been a strong defender of the Second Amendment, came out and said all elected officials put their hand on the Bible and swore to protect and defend both the Texas and U.S. constitutions. Advocating for gun control violates that oath of office, period. And Representative Jonathan Stickland uh, even tweeted out. He's actually been tweeting a lot on this issue as well. He and Matt Schaefer are probably two of the ones that I would follow if I wanted more and more updates on this issue. But even on September 4th, he said, today I turned 36 years old. My birthday wish is that Dan Patrick and Greg Abbott stop sounding like liberal gun grabbers and actually follow the Texas GOP platform 20 hashtag 2020. And so um, Representative Stickland uh, sent that out. But the NRA, and this is surprising to a lot of people because most Texans who follow the gun issue know that you have groups like the National Association for Gun Rights or Gun Owners of America. We even have a couple grassroots-based Texas gun groups who are staunch Second Amendment defenders, but often the NRA is uh, you know, the last one to jump into the fight. Okay, And so the, they are not prone, as much as the progressives love to demonize them, they are not prone to disagree with policymakers, even those policymakers that are opposing the Second Amendment. Um, that That's kind of a last recourse for them. But 
seeing them come out so strongly on this issue, uh, I think really gave Texans even more pause as to what was actually happening. And are Republicans actually, in fact, pushing Obama-style gun control? So let me just read to y'all their statement real quick. They said, with with due respect, and this is after the Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick came out in favor of uh, these regulations of private gun sales here in Texas. And so they said, with due respect, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick's proposals would resurrect the same broken Bloomberg-funded failures that were attempted under the Obama administration. Like most political gambits, Lieutenant Governor Patrick's solution precedes his possession of the facts, including this critical concession by the Obama administration. Criminalizing private firearm transfers would require a massive governmental gun registration scheme. Instead of trampling the freedom of law-abiding Americans, the government should focus upon actual solutions, fixing our broken mental health system, prosecuting known criminals, and enforcing the existing gun laws that require follow-up whenever a prohibited person tries to buy a firearm. In the meantime, the NRA remains at the forefront of legitimate efforts to combat crime in our country. We encourage Lieutenant Governor Patrick to join in uh, join us in support of the same. Um, if y'all are not also following Gun Owners of America and Rachel Malone, I'd really encourage you to do that. You can follow Rachel on Facebook. You can follow her on Twitter. Uh, but she is the, I believe, state director here of uh, Gun Owners of America and has just done a phenomenal job advocating for our Second Amendment rights in the Capitol each and every session. Uh, we actually interviewed her. I don't have the uh, episode number. In fact, I'll look that up so I can share that with y'all. If y'all haven't heard that one, please consider um, listening to it. But Rachel uh, is also somebody to follow, especially on this issue. If you are concerned about the policies being pushed, please um, engage with her and follow up uh, with her because she can give you even more ways to further engage in the governmental process. That was actually episode 11. So we interviewed Rachel in episode 11. Y'all can go back and hear her story from being somebody who didn't even believe in guns to somebody who uh, began to purchase them to defend herself to now a leading voice when it comes to the Second Amendment issues in Texas. And so I think that's a powerful story. I wish more people realized that the barrier to entry to having an impact in the political process is not nearly as significant as it seems, um, and Rachel's story just proves that out. So so what's happening with the Second Amendment in Texas? Here's the biggest thing that I want to continue um, to draw people's attention to. Republican leadership in Texas has an identity crisis, and the grassroots and conservatives and conservative lawmakers kept pointing to this during the last legislative session, and some people would look at all of us like we were crazy, Um, but this is simply another symptom of the disease of the identity crisis that Republicans are dealing with, and this is causing more and more frustration amongst conservative-minded Texans, because at the end of the day, the Republican Party has been a party that conservatives could get behind because they would push limited government conservative policies. And as of this last session, and now going into what's seeming to be a very tumultuous interim, we have been plagued with the reality that the Speaker of the Texas House is lying to all of his colleagues and has lied to all of Texas in his duplicitous activity. We're dealing now with the fact that the uh, of the big three, not you have that with the speaker, and then you have a governor and lieutenant governor who have come out 
literally touting Obama-style policies in Texas, these are huge issues when it comes to where Republicans are headed going into 2020, 2021, 2023. One of the reasons that the grassroots have come out demanding that conservative lawmakers at least show them that they have an intention of passing conservative policy in 2021 is so that they can be motivated to then keep Republicans in office. You know, we should not want to maintain the power simply for the sake of maintaining the power. If Republicans want to hold on to Texas, we need to give Texans an idea of how we will govern differently than Democrats. We need to be drawing contrasts with Democrats. Every single Democrat lawmaker, say one or two or three, want a special session on gun control, and they would like to pass the policies that Dan Patrick and Greg Abbott are proposing. And it's Republican lawmakers that are saying these are bad, failed policies that have already been passed in liberal havens and have not led to safer communities. It's very unfortunate that we find ourselves in this situation. I'm grateful that people like Matt Schaefer and Jonathan Stickland have been very strong voices. I'm glad that people like Mays Middleton and others seem to be joining them in uh, drawing that line in the sand. And I think those are important points to make. So at the end of the day, if the Second Amendment matters to you, if guns matter to you, uh, then I would encourage you to stay very closely tuned to what's going on in Texas. I'd also encourage you to contact the lieutenant governor and the governor and communicate that this is not something that you ever expected Republicans to propose on a statewide basis. Uh, Moving on to Dennis Bond, and I alluded to it, but that saga remains. And I just want to remind everybody um, that, uh, you know, I think Dennis Bond kind of wishes that this issue would just go away. And maybe if the media cycle hits on one or two or three other issues that uh, this will kind of fade into the background, okay? And I'm going to use an analogy on this issue kind of to my marriage and other marriages as well. But anybody who is married out there uh, will know that if there's a serious issue in your marriage and uh, your hope is that, well, if we just don't talk about it for a while um, and then other things come up in our lives, maybe we'll just kind of continue to go on and, and, and have a great marriage never having addressed this major issue of me lying directly to your face or me intentionally trying to deceive you uh, in a way that would benefit me and hurt you, um, which questions you know, all sorts of, of fundamental realities of the uh, you know, nature of this relationship, right? And if I attempted to do that, I can guarantee you, I don't know about y'all's households, but that would not work. And an attempt to just uh, hope that people forget about these actions is a bad idea. It's a bad idea if you're married, by the way. So this is not a marital advice show, but if you are, uh, please reconsider your current course if this is the course you're taking. And I I do think that uh, the speaker will have to reconsider his course as well. Uh, He is in a situation where at the end of the day, by mid to late October, the caucus will indeed meet and there will be serious questions. Um, and, And the truth Uh, is not something that anybody wants to admit right now. Um, And the truth is still not something that uh, he or Dustin Burroughs can own up to at this moment in time. So they're going to have to deal with that. And it will have major ramifications for the future of Texas, because if there is a new speaker going into 2021, um, who that person is will have a major say in the policy priorities of the Texas legislature, which means that whether or not 
government is limited or government continues to grow um, is largely up to the Texas House of Representatives. So this is another reason why, as conservative activists and uh, conservative Republicans and just conservative Texans, y'all should be engaging with your legislators uh, if you are blessed to be represented by a staunch conservative like Steve Toth or Tony Tinderholt or Jonathan Stickland or Matt Schaefer or any of these. uh, You should be engaging with them. You should be supporting them. You should be thanking them, uh, you know, your staunch senators like Senator Bob Hall or Brandon Creighton, uh, who actually pushed Second Amendment protections during this last legislative session, uh, should be getting your thanks, your support, and also your encouragement that they need to gear up to engage for a battle in 2021, because without them, it is going to be very difficult to advance conservative policies. Um, Last but not least, Bill Flores announced that he is retiring, and Bill Flores is a congressman from the Bryan College Station in Waco area. He is the fifth Republican Texas congressman to announce that he won't be seeking re-election. There are five, okay? And I want to uh, oh, and by the way, I was going to also mention the fact that I would not be pri- surprised if, if that number increases to six or seven um, by the end of the year. So I think there may be one or two retirements yet to be announced. Um, and so what does this mean for Texas? I mean, we are going to have a larger conversation than normal about what kind of federal representation we as Texans want, expect, and deserve from our congressman. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about how proud I am of my congressman, Chip Roy, because he's done an absolutely phenomenal job at being a staunch, stalwart, conservative voice for the people of his district and for the people of Texas. If you don't follow him on Twitter, uh, if you don't you know, follow him on Facebook, please consider doing so, sharing his information. Y'all know that he is a top target of Democrats who would like to take that seat back and have recruited Wendy Davis to run. So in these five congressional seats that are now open, uh, and Bill Flores being the most recent retirement, Texans have an opportunity. So if you are anywhere from the Midland, Odessa, Granbury, Brownwood area, with the Mike Conaway district, if you're in the Kenny Marchant seat, if you're in the Pete Olson district over in, south of Harris County, or you're in this Bill Flores seat, which is Waco and Bryan College Station and some rural counties in between, or Will Hurd's district, San Antonio, all the way out to El Paso, I want you to really take some time to meet the Republican candidates running in your congressional district. I want you to engage with them. I want you to identify the one that will be a tireless conservative advocate, somebody who will go to Washington, D.C. and become unpopular with their own Republican colleagues. You know, it's it's weird the type of person you're looking for, okay? Because it is not a natural inclination. If if I was going to go take a job at a large employer in San Antonio, one of my goals would not be. I hope that in my first six months, um, a lot of my coworkers don't like me, right? Uh, I, I guess there might be a certain position that requires that or something. But for the most part, you don't go into a job thinking. I hope the people that I work with don't find me to be very agreeable. Um, and, uh, and so, and actually I should probably use a different word because I do think that more lawmakers could be agreeable and there's a big difference, um, between, uh, you know, being compromising your principles and just being an agreeable person. Um, and so I do think we have to think about that, but at the end of the day, you're looking and Texas has an opportunity to send five more Republican congressmen to the halls of U.S. Congress who are actually going to stand up to draw a line in the sand and say, 
no more. When we got people like Michael Cloud in Congress over Blake Farenthold or Chip Roy in Congress over Lamar Smith, it was a serious upgrade for conservative-minded Texans. And we have an opportunity to do similar actions within these five congressional districts. So if you're in any of those areas, I really want you to consider engaging in your primary process, identifying the right person, block walking for that person, hosting a meet and greet for that person, getting your friends out there, making a small donation or a large donation if you're a person of means to their campaign and actually working hard because if all of Texas will stand up and say, we demand conservative congressmen, we will get it. So please consider doing that. Uh, That wraps up all that's going on in Texas right now. I'm sure there are other things as well, but those are the top issues that I think should be on the forefront of the minds of Texans. Please continue to engage in our podcast. Thank you so much for all those of you who continue to send me messages and send me text messages and uh, email us after our our episodes come out and, uh, you know, compliment different interviews we've had or stories we've told or issues we've addressed. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate all the encouragement. Um, I know that my team here uh, gets encouraged by, by stories like that and notes that are shared. I get encouraged to continue to produce this content um, and I'm grateful for each and every one of y'all for tuning in. Thank you so much. I hope y'all have a blessed week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemacias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.